Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn. We are looking at why the nativity, uh, basing this yesterday's program and today's program off a wonderful uh, book by Dr. Javid Jeremiah, one of my favorite preachers, a great communicator of God's Word for over 40 years, and uh, just wrote a book recently called Why the Nativity, and uh, sharing uh, 25 compelling reasons why we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and uh, started yesterday sharing uh, five reasons why Jesus came to earth in the form of a human, you know, a man, and the first one yesterday uh, we got through was uh, Jesus became a man to satisfy the prophecies of the Old Testament. I thought it was a really good program. Really uh, love that part in the book and uh, would encourage you uh, to go back and listen to yesterday's program. If you didn't get a chance to hear that 14-minute program, you go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org. That's hopeisheretoday.org. Also, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel. I hope you'll subscribe to it, but go to YouTube, type in Hope is Here, and my name, Greg Horn, H-O-R-N. You can watch that program that we recorded and I hope you'll subscribe to it. Or if you want to catch the podcast, whatever platform you listen to podcasts, there's so many out there, Spotify, uh, Podbean, iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can catch that program. I hope you'll subscribe to that and hope you'll leave a review on any of those, YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps people uh, find us easier when they're searching for Hope is Here. Second reason why Jesus had to come to earth in the form of a man, uh, Jesus became a man to show us the Father. Jesus became a man to show us the Father. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to Philip, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? You know, friends, as I was reading that in that book, it just kind of hit me. I thought, you know, I'm guilty of that like Philip. I mean, Jesus showed up in my life many, many times in my 50 years, uh, a little over 50 years, okay? <laughs> but you know what? Uh, man, I can get uh, Jesus' amnesia, just kind of forget about it. Oh, yeah, God, you answered that prayer then. Oh, wow, God, you got me out of that gym. Oh, wow, God, you helped me pay those financial bills. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And um, God just over and over has been such a good, good uh Good, good God, and been so generous and faithful and helped me through some of the deepest, most painful times in my life. And yet the enemy wants to get me to have amnesia or just to forget. And I can relate to Philip saying, hey, show me, uh, you know, the Father, show me God. And uh, I need to be reminded, like Jesus said to Philip, uh, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that's the thing about it, friends. Uh, Hopefully uh, you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but maybe you don't. That's great. If you were just scanning the radio station or you saw this podcast posted on social media somewhere, um, that's great, man. I'm glad you're listening. But the fact of the matter is I think we all want to know God. And if you want to know God, it's through a personal relationship with Jesus. And I talked yesterday about uh, reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books, uh, the Gospels, uh, the first four books in the New Testament of the Bible. And if you want to know God, you have to get to know Jesus. And the best way to get to know Jesus is through reading God's Word and start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Here's what I know. When God is, uh, 
you, when you need to know Jesus and you know him, you'll get to know God and it will just be a life-changing, game-changing relationship for you. Jesus also said, and I love this, he just cut to the chase. There wasn't any warm fuzzies about it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I share that verse a lot of times at funerals, friends. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I just bluntly laid out and said, you know, either one of two things. Either Jesus was a liar or a lunatic, or two, he was telling the truth. And the fact of the matter is we all have to make a decision at the end of our lives. We've taken our last breath. We're going to stand before God. We're going to have to ask a question. We're going to have to answer a question. Uh, what did you do about my son, Jesus, my one and only son? The great news is, is that God gave us the answer to the test. I'm so thankful for that. All right. Uh, and we know because John chapter 3, verse 16 simply tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I also love verse 17 right after John 3.16. John 3.17 says, For God did not come into the world to, to condemn the world, but to save the world. Friends, remember, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But if you don't know Christ Jesus, there will be a day of judgment. And anybody listening to Hopes here knows that I'm not a guy of gloom and doom. But here's what I know, that friends, we're going to have to be, we'll be judged one day. And I just want you to be in heaven one day with me and many, many other loved ones. And uh, maybe you need to start to change your family tree and become a man of faith, a woman of faith. And uh, man, I would love to talk to you if uh, you've got questions about Jesus. And uh, you can go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org, and uh, you can contact me there. So I hope that you will, because Jesus loves you. And that's what this whole Christmas season is about. And that's why the nativity that you see in so many places. Third reason why Jesus came to earth in the form of a human, uh, Jesus became a man to save us from our sins. Jesus became a man to save us from our sins. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, This is a faithful saying and worth of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's one of the things I love about the Bible. It's real, friends. You say, oh, that's written over 2,000 years ago. Uh, uh, that cannot connect to today's modern times. Friends, it does, because it's real people like you and me that wrote these books in the Bible. Uh, Paul and Timothy uh, often uh, say, you know, I am the chief sinner, the worst of all sinners. In other words, saying, you know, I'm, I'm striving to serve God and be all that God wants me to be and model my life after Jesus, okay? But you know what? I still fall short all the time. But I'm so thankful to know that because of Jesus, I'm worthy. And friends, that's huge today to know that. But that's why Jesus had to come. And the best thing about Jesus coming is that God, basically, just like you reach down to help somebody pick somebody up, a child, God reached down through Jesus to help us get to know him. Uh, the old saying goes, uh, I can't think what you call it, like the rule of six or something where you can get to anybody in the world through like six people and heard just amazing stories like that. Well, God made it even more simple than that. You can get to God through just one person, Jesus Christ. 
And the great thing is there's no cost to it. There's no education amount, education level that you have to have. doesn't matter where you were born, what neighborhood you grew up in, okay, what your skin color is, what your IQ is. The fact of the matter is you can't do anything to earn it, but you do have to surrender your one and only life to Jesus. But God became a man to save us from our sins. But God made it so easy, and it, it doesn't cost us anything, but it cost Jesus everything. A fourth reason that Jesus had to come to earth, uh, Jesus became a man to sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus became a man to sympathize with our weakness. I love this verse. It's one of my favorites in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. I love, friends, it says not just to come to God, and sometimes I come just meek and weak and, you know, like apologetic. No, no. It says in Hebrews that we should come boldly to the throne of grace. Sometimes I think, well, I can't go to God at his throne because, uh, man, he's a, he's a cold, harsh father. It says, no, not only should we come boldly to his throne, but it's a throne of grace. And then I love the last part of that verse. It says that we can, because we'll obtain mercy and we'll find grace in our time of need. I want to ask you today, do you need mercy or grace in your life? Friends, come to Jesus. I know I've talked about uh, yesterday, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You should write that verse down. Maybe it's your verse this season. Uh, well, maybe today your, your second verse is. It's okay, all right? Maybe have a verse a day this month of December to grow in your faith and your knowledge of Jesus Christ and knowledge of God's Word. Put it in your heart, but maybe Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, you need to write that out and know that you can come boldly to the throne of God of, where you'll find grace and you can obtain mercy and find grace in your time of need. Dr. David Jeremiah shares a great story in the book, uh, Why the Nativity. He says, Dr. Maxwell Mouts is a plastic surgeon. He tells of a man who had been injured attempting to save his parents in a terrible fire. His elderly parents actually died in that fire. And this man was burned over a great part of his body, and his face was badly disfigured. He mistakenly interpreted what had happened to him as some sort of punishment from God for not having gotten his parents out safely. In his anguish, he refused to let anyone see him, not even his wife. So the wife went to see Dr. Moss for help. And Dr. Maltz said, you know what? I can fix him. But the wife knew her husband would turn down any offer of plastic surgery. So she went back and visited him again a few weeks later. And Dr. Maltz said, hey, why did you come? And his wife said, the man's wife said, I want you to disfigure my face so that I can be like him. If I can share my husband's pain, then maybe he will let me back in his life. Dr. Maltz wrote, I had never heard anything like that in my life. I had always been paid to help people look better. His wife wanted me to make her look like her husband, but Dr. Maltz said he wouldn't do it. But he decided to go and tell her husband what she had said. He knocked on the man's door and said loudly, I am a plastic surgeon. I want you to know that I can restore your face. There was no response. 
Please come out, he said. Again, no answer. Still speaking through the door, Dr. Maltz told the man of his wife's proposal, she wants me to disfigure her face to make her face like yours in hope that you will let her back into your life. That's how much your wife loves you. There was a brief moment of silence, and then ever so slowly, the doorknob began to turn. You know, the way that woman felt about her husband is the way God feels about you and me. He took on our face and our disfigurement. He became a man in a human form so that God would become touchable, approachable, and reachable. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. I love that so much where Dr. Jeremiah says, God became a man through Jesus so he would become touchable, approachable, and reachable. Know that, friends, this holiday season. Last but not least, why did Jesus have to come to earth and why do we celebrate the nativity every year? Jesus became a man to secure our hope of heaven. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love this quote by Ann Voskamp. She says, you can't lose hope because hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. I close with this great story uh, Dr. David Jeremiah told in his book, Why the Nativity. He says, Charlie was 10 and school was out for Christmas, and the family chose to spend the holiday in the country. The boy pressed his nose against the bay window of the vacation home, that they mar and he marveled at the British winter they were experiencing. He was happy to trade the blackened streets of London for the cotton-white freshness of the snow-covered hills. His mom then invited Charlie to go for a drive, and he quickly accepted. And The car snaked down a twisty road, the tires crunching the snow as they went through, and Unfortunately, uh, though, the roads got kind of dangerous and a bad snowfall, and they went to a ditch. So they had to get out of the car. They walked about a mile toward a house, and they knocked on a door. And the woman told them, uh, come on in, get in. You can use our phone. She offered them some tea and some cookies. They stayed until help arrived. You say, well, that was really nice, but you know what? For this woman, it was a life-changing story. She's told a thousand times because those two travelers that day were Queen Elizabeth, the heir and the heir to the throne, Prince Charles. Friends, that's what Jesus did to come bring us to heaven on earth. So know that God is with you today, and that is our hope of heaven. I'm Greg Horn, and this is Hope is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today.